0: Get ready. Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening
1: to the Fantasy Joes Podcast.
0: Fantasy Joes Podcast.
1: Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty.
0: And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Fantasy
2: Joes Podcast.
0: That's right, we're the Fantasy Joes. We are in mid-season form, although a lot of NFL teams are not. We're going to jump right into the discussion. I'm here with Trey Barrett. He's getting ready for the hurricane. Fortunately, Trey, you're inland enough in North Carolina, right? So it's not going to be an issue too much. Yeah, just going to be a lot of rain. It's going to get wet. And Will Greenwood, who um, is up there in the, in the Twin Cities. Not a lot of rain. I'm trying to paint the house. <laughs> That's good. Guys, um, here's a price check for you. Dynasty 12 team PPR. Philip Lindsay, Ronald Jones, who you got? If Trey, Philip Ronald? Lindsay,
2: if if Philip Lindsay is winning this poll, I'm going to be so tempted to blow up Twitter. This is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. It's Ronald Jones. It's Ronald Jones all day long.
1: <laughs> I oh, like if I'm betting Twitter poll, uh, I would not be shocked if Twitter poll wins this with Philip Lindsay, but. Uh, g- if I have, if I somehow picked up Philip Lindsay on waivers in a full PPR dynasty league, and I could trade him for Ronald Jones, I, I mean, <laughs> I would spend one, uh, quite, if not all of my Fab on Philip Lindsay just to get him so I could make this deal.
0: Okay, guys, what do you think? You want to guess? We'll do a little, um, little, little competition here. Um, Trey, I'll, I'll let, I'll let you go first. Um, who, who do, you, who do you think won the trade? I think that Philip, I think Philip Lindsay did fifty four to forty six.
1: Well, Oh, see, so I was thinking, I was thinking sixty three. So I guess, I guess, I'll, I mean, I'll go fifty five just to take the over. I'm really and gonna hate Twitter if it's
0: sixty three. You, you were wise to do so. Fifty eight percent Philip Lindsay, forty two percent Ronald Jones, seven hundred fifty nine votes. That oh my was gosh. at Lanny one nine two five Sean Lanigan that that uh, tweeted that out. So. That's about 360 people that I
2: wish I was in dynasty leagues with. <laughs> I mean, you are talking about an undrafted running back compared to a guy that was a top 50 pick. I mean, like is there a world where Philip Lindsay's a better NFL running back than Ronald Jones? Absolutely. But the percentages of guys with the draft pedigree of Ronald Jones compared to the draft pedigree of Philip Lindsay. I I bet the percentage of top 24 fantasy seasons is probably like 50 to one. If you compare historically.
0: Yeah. I, well, it, it look, you look at the size. I mean, Philip Lindsay, I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he is, he's tiny. He's a tiny man uh, for, by NFL standards. Anyway. Um, uh, even though he's fast and even though he had great college production, they called him what what'd they call him. We talked about him episode 29 when we, when he had a great pro day, they called him what the Tasmanian devil in college or something like that. So, um, but yeah, that's the time that we're in, guys. We're in overreaction week. So this week, we are going to um, do a little bit of You Make the Call overreaction edition. IBM presents You Make the Call. We're going to talk about mostly poor performances in week one. And just, you know, what, what do we do with these guys? Do, do we, are we worried about them? Are we not worried? Are they targets in our dynasty leagues? And I don't think there's a better example of that than Amari Cooper um I, I i can't even find Amari Cooper's cooper stat line because i'm looking at all the performances from week one and i should have been more prepared but i'm not I, i've got i've got to click over where where, where was he where did he finish i think he had one one catch for nine yards that's what i think too
1: and God, where it, does was that... dismal. it was terrible absolutely well, he, terrible. he doubled up on that though with one rush for nine yards hey. that's a whole 18 yards boys
0: I, I'm looking at where he tried to finish right in, in half-point PPR. Maybe I missed him, but, but obviously – 10% really, of what
2: Jared Cook had.
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't really matter where he finished. He, it just, he just had a horrible, horrible week one. So, how do we feel about Amari Cooper? Uh, Trey, you want to jump in? Because yeah, you've been – he's a guy that you still like in Dynasty, you, you, you said the other day in one of our chats. So, do you, you're not freaking out. What, what, are we, what are we doing with him?
2: No, I, I do. I still like Amari Cooper. I mean, and, and I saw some someone tweet just today, you know, if you're betting against Amari Cooper, you're betting against history uh, because the guys that have, and I was trying to look up his age. Yeah, he was born in 1994, so he's only 20, not even 24 years old yet. And, you know, putting a thousand yard season his first two leagues, first two years in the league, uh, the, the number of Wide receivers in history that have done that in the NFL and then never done, a, never gotten a thousand yards receiving again, is extremely short. So I just think that you know, again, not something I'm overreacting to. Still love Amari Cooper long term. Still a guy that I think's a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, and and I, I still would be interested in buying if if somebody's going to panic sell.
0: Well, you feel the same way. Do you, do you think he's a guy you want to go out and buy? Because <laughs> after week one, they're, Amari Cooper owners, they've, they've got to be just disgusted. I, I mean, I've got several shares of them, and I'm not really panicking to sell them now. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't know. In the back of my mind, if i got a reasonable offer, I'd think
1: Yeah, Amari Cooper is like in, in 2017, you drank too many beers, and now you're thrown up because of your friend's 21st birthday, and you try to be cool and hang with them. And then in 2018, you're like, Oh, well, at least I'm still wise. And how long did this held on to this guy? But this is the morning throw up. Uh, I am Terry. I'm actually uh, almost on full tilt about, about Amari Cooper for, for 2018 and beyond, because this is the new coaching staff and you had seven targets for wide receivers with Derek Carr. I get that the Rams defense should be pretty, pretty, pretty elite. Uh, but how do you not, I mean, wh- what are you supposed to do here? If, 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 people still believe in Amari Cooper and are willing to give up better assets at least for the year long, maybe even two, three years long. Uh, I, I, I think, I mean, to, to me, I think Amari Cooper is significantly devalued. And if I own him, I'm holding him because I'm not going to go out and, and panic sell, but I'm not, I'm definitely not going out and trying to buy him unless I feel like I can really take advantage of somebody. But that's a lot of uh, or a lot of, I, I, I do feel like, like sending a trade offer, but I was like, hey, I'll give you Kenny Stills in a first next year for Amari Cooper. I don't think that's an objectively fair trade offer. So that's not something that I, I, I just do in fantasy leagues.
0: Right, and not really the most productive strategy, generally speaking, anyway. Let's move on, guys. Let, let's talk about uh, another guy that was a hot name a couple of years ago. And over time, is it's kind of cool. That's Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins... It really wasn't a thing I mean really in that Kansas City offense if you look at who you wanted to own or start in week one obviously it was Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins if you started him he disappointed so uh, once again we'll start with Trey Barrett who has been is are you still the vice president of the Sammy Watkins fan club you you were I don't know if you've decided to um you know continue to hold that post Trey or not so how do you feel about Sammy?
2: I'm pretty discouraged, man. I'm 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 thinking that it could be time to let go. Um, I mean, this is another guy. You know, his first two years in the league, 980 yards his, his rookie season, over a thousand yards his second season. Still relatively young. I, I mean, I I just don't know. I, I all the shares I have of him, I have to hold. I mean, you have to just hope that it was just one week. Um, but he he just wasn't targeted nearly as much as I would like to see, and and didn't do much with the targets he had. Um, we'll see moving forward. I, I'm not completely giving up on him, but I, I'm pretty bummed about it.
0: Yeah, should have said stat line: five targets, three of 21. So not not amazing. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, how do you feel about
1: Sammy Watkins? Can you just play a sound clip of the song of "I Will Go Down with This Shit"? It's just I feel like if you own Sammy Watkins, you kind of have to. That's that's about where it sits now. He did catch a super nasty bullet from uh, Patrick of Mahomes, and he, he he didn't look bad. And I do feel like that Chiefs game is an outlier as far as what, what the rest of the Chiefs season is going to look like. Well, I mean, hopefully with uh, what Travis Kelsey should still be able to be. But you, you have to hold. Don't sell low on Sammy Watkins after one game. But – uh, I've never been a huge fan of Sammy Watkins, like since his since the second year in the league, and I don't think that's changed. I still think he's just been an overvalued asset for for a long time, but I don't think that this should change. Like week one should change your opinion of him. Just hold tight, wait till week three or four when he catches two touchdowns somehow, and then tell him.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess that's how I feel too. He's a guy that I own in in several leagues and. You know, maybe maybe I'm looking for an out, but I do feel like, you know, for uh, for what you paid for him, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you just got to cut your losses because I just think I, he's not a guy I would trust starting um, at this point. We'll see. I mean... But even if that was a, even if he blows up going to Pittsburgh this week, I just, I don't know, I can't, I don't think I can start him. He makes me nervous. So I, maybe I'm looking for an out. Maybe look for the big game. So here's my, one a, a guy that, um, for better or worse, when we were talking about like who could be a bust this year, I said Royce Freeman, and I kind of after the podcast I regretted it. Um, but then something happened on <laughs> Sunday that made that, you know, what I said sound a little less stupid. Uh, but but still, it's not like Royce Freeman was a bust. I mean, in half point PPR leagues, he was running back 15. 15 carries, 71 yards. Um, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, uh, so, uh, but but what happened? It was Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay came in. He also 15 for 71. He got three targets. Got two of them for 31 yards and a touchdown. So Philip Lindsay out of the blue came out and and uh, oh no, it's a running back by committee in Denver. Well, we we kind of knew that right but all of a sudden the the shine has has is kind of worn off Royce Freeman and there's some Freeman owners that are panicking so how do we feel about Royce Freeman do we because uh, he's a guy you go out and buy because before heading into the season people that drafted Royce Freeman they loved him people in my opinion kind of reach for Royce Freeman um, but 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 now they might be a little nervous so are, are you guys gonna go make some offers for Freeman this week what while well Philip Lindsay's the the hotness on the Dynasty waiver wires because he's available in a, not deep dynasty leagues, but a lot of dynasty leagues he he, he was out there on waiver wires this week. I think. Did you say he? So he was running back forty two. Did you oh. say running back fifteen? Oh, I must have. Oh, I'm sorry. I have I have it sorted by attempts. Uh, yeah. Me. So yes,
2: he only yes, oh, no, So yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. I guess uh, he only scored. <laughs> he only scored. That's simply analytics right there. Well, <laughs> I, I, I started him this week in a full PPR league, so I was like. <laughs> I was pretty sure we didn't get, I mean, we had some great performances. I'm like, did he, did he, he might, I'm like, maybe did he score a couple touchdowns on this?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's funny.
2: Like I think that um, Royce Freeman, you know, caught the ball incredibly well in in college. Um, You know, we, we, earlier we discussed this on our side chat, you know, 79 catches over 800 yards over his collegiate career at Oregon. And um, I'm not worried about this at all. I think that, you know, splitting the workload, I think that the cream rises to the top. I think that um, Royce Freeman is going to begin to dominate the touches. Oh, yeah, the cream rises to the top. <laughs> so, I mean, I just – you're not going to be able to get a discount on him. I mean, you know, he, he, he had 15 touches. He put up some decent yardage. Um, I, I just think that if somebody owns Royce Freeman uh, – I mean, I can say I'm, I'm not going to trade him unless I got an incredibly – Good offer. I, he's, it's probably not a buy or sell opportunity right now. I still believe in him. I still think he's going to get plenty of opportunity there, and what I think to be a decent offense. Um, so,
0: not so, overreacting. So, so I got it resorted. Yeah. So Philip Lindsay, um, half point PPR that I'm looking at. He was uh, running back 13. So running back 13 versus 36. What What if this happens again? Like just hypothetically speaking, week two, will um, uh, Philip Lindsay comes out and he's like a running back two. Whereas Freeman, maybe he's running back three, running back four.
1: How do you oh, f- I could see Lindsay with his explosiveness and who he is as a player just housing some touchdowns against the Raiders. I, I, I mean, week two is going to be uh, incredibly fun to watch. If you grab Lindsay on the waiver wire, let week two start him. Let him score you those fantasy points and then, and then potentially move on if you really don't believe in his talent and what he is. Untracted running back free agents are, are risky. And as you know, my uh, Ryan Nall and Akron Wadley love, but Philip Lindsay is is from the area, made the team, went to Colorado, things like that. Wasn't invited to the combine. Just kind of this. He was he was a workhorse in college, but he was a workhorse in college for Colorado. You know, it's, it's a it's a mixed bag of what you want to look at for production. But the I, I, I don't know. I, I I think Royce Freeman's college receiving stats are inflated because Oregon is such a messed up offense compared to the NFL. Uh, they're not, they're not your traditional eye uh, formation or or anything that that really translates well. Give me the last organ running back that matters. It it, it 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 does matter. I feel like in that in that sense. So I'm buying Philip Lindsay where I can. I'm not trying to overpay, but I don't blame people for overpaying because why not? At this point, week one, he got 15 carries. This is undrafted free agent in week one. That. That matters to me, and it wasn't a blowout. Those were neutral game scripts throughout that whole game, and that whole game mattered. Uh, any, anyway, so I think that Philip Lindsay has earned the trust of that coaching staff, and I'm just not going to bet against him. You know, I'm going to pick him up where I can, and I, I may a little bit overpay in, in week one because you know, if Royce Freeman ends up being. It just is kind of this like clunker, like Garrett Bunt type role, and then Philip Lindsay's that explosive role. I don't think that Denver defense is as good as it used to be, and it's going to be a fun offense to have. So anyway, uh, long story short, don't I'm not I'm not going high or low on Philip Lindsay. I'm I i do not have a, like a hardcore take one way or the other, but I wouldn't I just wouldn't discount what he did week one as an undrafted free agent rookie running back.
0: Colorado Buffalo's all-time leader, all-purpose yards, five thousand seven hundred sixty, ran at his pro day four point three nine forty-yard dash. If he went to the combine and did that, he would have been second behind only Naheen Hines. Um, so the, the, he he's an athlete. He's fast. He's talented. Interesting situation to watch there with Lindsey. But I, I'm I'm I tend to be if I'm a race room owner, I don't panic. Um, they both could be good, you know. So so let's see what happens. Um, you guys,
2: real quick, too. Royce Freeman saw the most number one in the NFL in week one in um, eight plus man fronts. 67, it was two thirds of the time he saw eight or more guys in the box and still ran 15 times for 71 yards in his NFL debut. So yep. take that into consideration, too. I mean, I think this guy is going to have an incredibly productive season. And if there is an owner, of Royce Freeman that's panicking a little bit, I'd be completely willing to buy.
0: Yeah. So, I, I mean, Fre- Freeman's not going to, you know, he doesn't have tremendous speed, but he's, he has tremendous vision and um, yeah, they will be interesting combo. So, well, you got one more thing to say. Before
1: we move oh, on? I was just going to give a, a, an interest, like a, a side part of that. So Emmanuel Sanders extremely outscored his, his projected points. Uh, you don't think those eight man fronts though, had, had something to do with that where he was, he was running through the the defense, Uh, On that end, it just is a so Royce Freeman faced eight you know uh, eight man fronts on his rushes, but that all you know they might have been putting an eight man front out there when Emmanuel Sanders was getting his catches as well. We played in a small sample size sport. I think that Philip Lindsay definitely took advantage of lesser defenses and some third down rushes, and his touchdown wasn't he didn't make like a great play. He was just there for that uh, and and quick, but. Uh, I don't think that the, st- the stats from this game, to me, don't point one way or the other hard enough.
0: So we're going to move on to Matt Stafford. Um, Matt Stafford, he was the – I'm going to make sure I'm sorting correctly This time so I get it right. The QB 19, um, depending on your scoring format for the week, he had a really bad Monday night. I think a lot of people watched it. Uh, he was 27 for 46, 286 yards, one touchdown, but four interceptions. He did not look very good. The reports of the game – um, apparently there were some tells, the New York uh, Jets defense, they were able to, to kind of read the plays, kind of tell what Matt Stafford was doing. Uh, Matt Stafford was a guy so many people were high on. He was um, um, somebody that um, Jordan McNamara, for example, came on the show, who, who we really respect a lot and said, you know, Matt Stafford's going to have a huge year. I thought that too. I, I've got him on a lot of places. He, he's, you know, a sneaky good QB1 most times, but he did not look that way week one. So how do we feel about Matthew Stafford? Is he going to bounce back, or is there is there something to be worried about? Matt Patricia, apparently they don't like the way he's running things in uh, New England Midwest, I guess. So, so Trey, what, what do you think about Matt Stafford?
2: Man, if I'm in a super flex league, I'm trying to buy Matt Stafford. No question. He's a top eight NFL quarterback. He's perennially undervalued. And what we saw on Monday night was an absolute train wreck. Uh, Matt Patricia is – I mean, he has his work cut out for him, and they just that team quit on Monday Night Football. However, Matthew Stafford is an incredible quarterback. He's easily a top 12 quarterback for me in fantasy for 2018, and I, you know, he's in my top 12 in Dynasty as well. So, you know, again, there's not many owners gonna be panicking after one week, but if they are, I will gladly. Uh, take Matthew Stafford off their hands. No questions asked. I have no concern over his ability to bounce back.
0: Fair enough. Will, you feel the same way as Trey? Guy that you might like to target if you could get him. If if, if someone in a super Superflex Dynasty League is like, oh, I'm nervous about Matt Stafford now. Will's going to tell us what he thinks. About Sorry, some,
1: some some clicks here on the computer issues. There you go. Uh, I actually 100% agree with Trey. Uh, I'm totally on board with this. I think that you need to have his, his sample size is big enough to know that Matt Stafford's still good uh, at, at worst at fantasy football. Uh, the, the whole, I mean, Jim Bob Cooter is going to get fired is what makes me feel like this uh, Patricia coming in. He wasn't, he, he didn't try to change the offense at all. And the jets were like, Oh, you're not going to change it at all. Then we know what's coming next. And, and, you know, this went off what last year's plays were, you know, and, The 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 lions just looked horrible, and you have to think that things are going to change. And you know, this is going to be the low point for Stafford. If he goes lower, I I mean, I'd I'd probably be willing to bet like a few hundred dollars that this will be his worst game of the year.
0: Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you guys, and I I think hopefully things will change in Detroit. Maybe this is the wake up call they need on offense. And I thought Carryon Johnson, guys, what we saw of him, I, I don't know if it was on the the broadcast. Or on Twitter, people were talking about how he didn't look so good. I, I thought he looked pretty good. I, I mean, from what what little we saw of him. I think the problem was, you know, his usage there. And, and hopefully we'll see more of on Johnson. So I was kind of encouraged. Another guy that maybe, you know, you could, I, I don't think if someone drops a carry on they're going to sell him for cheap. But I don't know. Ho- hopefully this will be a, a sign. LeGarrette Blunt. I'm not sure what happened with his injury. It seems like he's, you know, maybe he's questionable this week. I don't know if he's going to be out next week. But that's a situation to watch as well. Uh, speaking of injuries and injuries to running backs, um, it's not so much what Leonard Fournette did. It's what he didn't do when he got knocked out of the game. Um, on uh, Not knocked out of the game, but the, but the hamstring issue um, against the Giants. So he, he was having a good day, looks good, and, and then then he left the game. We saw this – I don't know. How many times did we see this last year? It seemed like we saw this multiple times last year. Uh, so, uh, Will, I'm going to start with you, with Leonard, Leonard Fournette. I know he's one of your guys. You, you've, you've loved him since he came into the league. How do you feel about him now, with with all your shares? You, if if <laughs> how many shares do you have? You have, I think, you have quite a few. Are you wanting to get rid of some of those shares just to kinda, <laughs> kind of, kind uh, of, you know, hedge some risk, or, or or you don't feel that way?
1: I was paying up quite a bit to get Leonard Fournette last year, and with his with his injuries that that happened coming into the season, uh, and the way that the offensive line was improved, signing it's Norwell, right, the the guard that came in, uh, it was going oh, to be right. a better running game and everything like that. I actually, I actually sold some Leonard Fournette shares going into this season. And it, I had, I think I had a shower cry after his ankle injury. It. This, I, I hate this. I hate that he has his ankle injury. Cause I'm such a big Leonard Fournette fan and I, I love him as a player and what he brings to the field when he's on the field. But uh, I, I think I'm not on board with more of that. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to play a full season. This is an- ankle injuries are tough, man. It's, I, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And so my I am very much overreacting to this in the sense of, in Dynasty, you, you're probably not going to be able to sell him right, right now, but give him two, thre- two, three, four, five more games, sell him to a contender for a max value to what you can do. Because uh, I don't think the, the years moving forward, I, I don't trust. I, I've i lost a lot of trust in him is, is what I want to end that with.
0: Hey Trey, do you do you feel that way? Like, do you believe there's such a thing as like a players that are are more prone to injuries than than not? Or do you think that's kind of a myth? I mean, I mean, a guy like uh Leonard Fournette, he seems to be like the poster child for like this is a guy that is an injury risk. You know, I have to
2: say that there are some instances I feel like that it you know can be well applied, and there's sometimes I think it's it's misapplied. I, I just have, am getting to the point where I want to minimize my risk so if a guy has shown that he's consistently missing games or having struggles with similar injuries which which his have been I mean these are you know almost all of the games he's missed I know there was some um, like a short suspension last year but you know he's really struggled with these lower leg injuries I think that the upside of Leonard Fournette is is really really great but I, I don't have any shares of him and he's a guy I really like coming into this year. Uh, but the concern for me has always been the durability issues. And so, I, you know, again, he's a guy that could, know if he misses another week, I think he's supposed to play this week, but if he misses another couple games, maybe he's a guy you look to buy mid-season. Um, I don't know. I, again, I'm not panicking, but there's
0: definitely some legitimate concerns. So, uh, yeah, with, with, he's not a guy i own too many places just because i i really couldn't get him when he was coming out you know cuz he was drafted so early um but not a guy i've gone out of my way to acquire because i i guess injuries last year made me nervous but we'll we'll see it's it's just you know i i think it, it does make sense to get like a tj Yeldon if he it happens to be the the handcuff to have but i think the problem is with jacksonville it's not it's not like james conner in pittsburgh it's i don't think it's necessarily a plug and play guy that's that's i mean they're going to get volume but i don't know at the end of the day, if you're going to get even near, you know, what are you going to get? Maybe 60% of the numbers you get from Fournette. I'm not sure. So
1: I just want to chime in with one more thing. I think sure. Jacksonville is very confident of their playoff hopes and that when in doubt in the regular season, especially these first 16, right? This is what we play in. We play in fantasy for the first 16, that they're going to be – I think they showed it. They're going to be as cautious as possible for Fournette. Even he said that he could go back in the game, which I think a lot of players do anyway. But when in doubt, they're, they're going to take him out. And that that's not that's not not a not a great situation for your fantasy team. Like winning playoff games in the NFL doesn't do anything for you.
2: Hey, Will, I wanted to ask you a question because you know the beginning of the year last year, um, you know with the one hundred and one and dynasty, I, I was team Corey Davis, and you were team Leonard Fournette, and I think Ryan was team Corey Davis. Um, Corey Davis for sure, as, as well. So you know by the end of last season and the offseason, I, I had kind of changed my mind and you know, I really was kind of thinking maybe the Leonard Fournette was the guy that I'd want to have. And, and in hindsight, I, I would have kind of thought, um, where are you on that spectrum? Because I, I think now, you know, having seen the preseason and, and seeing the way that Davis was targeted in, in week one of the season, I think that I'm back to where if, if you know, I'm having to take one of those two guys, of course, team makeup is is a part of it as well. But I feel like I'm back to leaning Davis. What, who would you still take Fournette over Davis?
1: Yeah, but I, I can't say that there's a lot of thought behind that. I, I, I haven't looked at core Davis's first week that it that it matters. That that game was nuts. Yeah, in, in he was hours,
2: targeted. Uh, he was targeted like 16 times. It was it was ridiculous.
1: But like, what's what's his target per hour compared to the NFL average? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. But. Uh, I, I'm not going to buy into that that yet, Damn. and I also I also don't trust the Titans at all. One of my hot takes earlier was that they're going to have four or less wins, and I and Mariota doesn't seem like a great passer, so I'm not willing to buy into that offense over four net. To at least at least hopefully you can figure out whether or not he's starting or not, and you can you can plan for a backup op- option on your team. But uh, with Corey Davis, I just I'm still out, still I'm still hard out.
0: Yeah, I mean the optimism from week one, although oh, that, that was a bizarre game with the with the delay, was that Corey Davis had he, he was seventh in targets for wide receivers. He had thirteen targets, uh, so he was six of sixty-two. So he he definitely saw the volume. Probably with Delaney Walker being out for the year, he's gonna see more volume. But what is that worth with with Marcus Mariota? What what is Marcus Mariota? I mean, you've got to be concerned. With that Tennessee offense, well, I totally agree. So, I, you know, I'm a, I, you know, I'm calling for the Corey Davis breakout this year, but now I'm really nervous about that call because I, I don't know how the good that offense is going to be. They, ugh, well, I mean, we'll see. It's game. It's one game, but, but man,
1: and that game was just wild. We yeah. have the starts and stops, but also, Corey Davis has missed more games than Leonard Fournette in the NFL so far.
0: Yeah, so far, but I think that trend's going to turn around here. Um, so, so far, how, so far, how can you
1: be sure about that? I can't. I just, like, you I know what, what I mean?
0: yeah <laughs> uh, okay let's talk about a couple of um big time names here on the uh, and I'm, I'm adding one he's not on the sheet hope you guys don't mind but i think they kind of tie in together um for different reasons you've, you've got david johnson and ezekiel elliott so um zeke finished number 14 half point ppr this week david johnson 15 so they had touchdowns that kind of salvaged their days um but you know, they didn't have blow up performances. And I think the problem is with those, those offenses, you've got some serious issues with Dallas offensive line. Doesn't look as good as it has in the past. Um, they, 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 they've got no passing game. Um, they have no wide receivers seemingly. I mean, it's, I don't know the things, the offensive offense in Dallas, looks scary other than Zeke. So, and then with David Johnson, that Arizona Cardinal Cardinals offense looked bad. Their offensive line looked horrible as good as David Johnson is, these guys are great. David Johnson and Zeke are great players, but man, you know, they're going to be limited to, to what's around them, right? So are, are we worried about those guys? I mean, maybe not long-term, but, but definitely this year. Um, uh, what, how do you guys feel about, about Zeke and, and DJ in your, in your dynasty leagues? Is it just this dynasty? So we'll just, maybe, maybe they don't live up to the you know top five or six running backs as they're supposed to be, but, but we'll be happy because they'll get volume and get production, or, or what are we thinking, Trey? I have zero worry about either of them um, for 2018 and beyond. I, I'm
2: chalking this completely up. You're talking about two of the most talented running backs in the NFL, and I understand both of their offenses look to be, you know, um, not, you know, top 10 NFL offenses, but there's still going to be production there. Both of these guys are going to catch, catch a lot of passes. As you mentioned, there's, there's not really, uh, uh, you know, plethora of pass catchers on either of these offenses so even in negative game scripts they're going to get the touches that's the thing opportunity is going to be there um you know I I don't expect maybe that either of them will finish as the RB1 I had predicted that with Ezekiel Elliott um I I think that they're both going to be fine I think they'll both be top six or eight running backs for 2018 and they're still both you know top five dynasty assets for me
1: yeah and I I love that opinion and, and I totally agree with it I do think that there's an opportunity here to – but to potentially, and what you're looking for in these guys is to – in Dynasty League, to buy low. So Ezekiel Elliott's offensive line and having Jason Garrett be the coach, it, it, his outlook is not great, and I, I don't like that at all. But I would be very excited for who's going to be the coach next year and how that uh, Cowboys franchise can change moving forward. David Johnson just signed that longer contract. Uh, he also is from Clinton, Iowa, so – God bless. Uh, I would, I would never sell him low. I did have him and sell him in a league for uh, like a Jhi and Michael Thomas type of deal. Uh, But I do think that the, this is your opportunity to take advantage of people who are contenders who have these young running backs to trade them other assets to get them. If you want to have this year and next year, because they're only going to go up from their first weeks. I know they both got touchdowns and both scored a decent amount of points, but those that it feels like their floor, you know, I, I feel like they can improve so much.
0: Yeah. And I think so too. I just, I just thought they were interesting names to bring up and, and maybe, you know, you can, you know, kind of, kind of poke the Zeke or DJ owner and just see like, Hey, you know, they didn't have great weeks. So are you interested in selling it, it? I think there's maybe some potential, but probably not. Um, last guy, we'll talk about him quickly, real fast, Chris Hogan. Not that he has tremendous um, dynasty value, but he's a guy that I think some contenders might have acquired going into the year thinking, okay, Chris Hogan's going to have a big year. Maybe he's going to be a wide receiver too. And he, he, you know, did, didn't have the production week one. He's going to Jacksonville week two. We saw Philip Dorset kind of emerge. Uh, Julian Edelman's coming back shortly. So how do we feel about Chris Hogan? I mean, if, if you kind of acquired him a, a, as a contender, as a guy that you, you could thought could help you get you through this year, but you can get some value for him now, Trey, do you, do you try to flip Chris Hogan, or are you just going to hold and you think he's going to going to give you some value this year at the end of the day? Yeah, I, I think that he, he's definitely a hold. Um, I, I think that, you know, Gronk
2: dominated the targets there in that offense uh, this past week, and, and I think that that's likely to continue. Um, but I think that Chris Hogan's going to be fine. I think he's going to produce. Um, yeah, I don't think you're going to get much for him. So, you know, he, he's another candidate. And, Will, you, you said in the last, you know, with David Johnson and Zeke Elliott, man, if either of them come out and have a, a, a you know, rough week two, I'm going to start floating offers and seeing if I can get one of those guys. Chris Hogan's the same thing. If he comes out and has, a, you know, a not great week two, he's a guy that I'd be willing to try and buy because I think down the stretch he could have some really good production. And I think we're going to see a lot of these things turn around weeks two and three, um, you know, week, week one. I think there's just some, some, some kinks
0: that are still being worked out. For sure. Well, Will, any thoughts on Chris Hogan before we uh, get into our hot, bold, spicy takes for this week?
1: Oh, man. Uh, well, so I'm actually pretty scared about Chris Hogan. I don't think he's going to do well against the, the Jaguars. I don't know why you would ever expect a wide receiver to do well against the Jaguars. That's, <laughs> I mean, you had Odell Beckham, but unless you're, uh, yeah, unless you're when back. Chris Harris said that when they moved to more of a cover two, that's when he really exploited them. But in, in general – why are they signing so many wide receivers? Why is there this carousel? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to replace? I do. I I think that does uh, bode against you know Chris Hogan and what he is to that team. They wouldn't be trying this hard if they believed him that much. At least in my opinion, overall. So I, I am I am pretty scared of Chris Hogan. I and I own him in quite a few places, but uh, I just you you, you can't really too much because yeah, week two. If he puts up a big game against the Jaguars, I'll just be—I'll be floored by by that performance. So I can't—I'm not going—I'm not starting him. It'll be—it'll be bench points for me because you—you just don't start your wide receiver. Get wide receivers unless they're elite against the Jaguars.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, we only have a few minutes left, so let's jump right into it. Let's get into our hot, bold, spicy takes for Week Two. There are five levels of these takes. There's banana pepper jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. We scored points one through five. We've only got a few minutes to do this. We're going to move quickly. We're just doing one take this year, one take per week. And I'm going to lead us off, and I've gotten some some crap in the past for doing these takes, but I'm just excited about this call, so I'm going to do it. And you guys can give me a banana pepper if you want to. Kansas City Chiefs going into Pittsburgh. They are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. The over-under is set at 53. I think the Chiefs are going to come in. They're going to beat Pittsburgh. Um, I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh by a touchdown. And I think the game is definitely going to be over 53 points. So I've got Kansas City by seven, at least seven points uh, with the over going into Pittsburgh. There's disarray in that Steelers locker room, the whole Lev Bell distraction. So I I like the Chiefs this week. What do you guys think? What do you want to give me?
1: I'll chime in. I'll go jalapeno. I think it's a hot take. I don't think it's any worth – I think most uh, game over-unders are, aren't are overly valuable, but I think the Kansas City Chiefs benefited last week from uh, just phenomenal game script and then just some horrible drops, a lot of luck. But the San Diego Chargers may be the unluckiest team. Okay, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> All right, Trey, Trey, what do you got?
2: I'm, I'm willing to bump it to
1: Habanero. Honestly, I mean, you're
2: calling them to win. You're calling them to win by two and a half points more than the line and you're calling the over so i mean ultimately you know based on vegas you you know you're basically uh you know taking taking the over and taking you know an, an underdog to win by more points so i mean i, I think that deserves at least a habanero if you, if you can call that one right
0: so we'll do it a jalapeno habanero we're gonna combine them this year so you so everyone gets their own unique uh points to assign to it. So I
2: like all right. it.
0: I like it. Yeah. So who wants to go next? Trey, you ready? Yeah. Uh, you know what?
2: So this is my take and, and this is not the spiciest take I've had, but again, I I'm, I'm going to call um, Christian McCaffrey and James Connor, both finish in the top five at running back this week. PPR full PPR.
0: I think it's pretty hot. I, I would assign it a, I, I would go Ghost Pepper on that because I, I think James Conner to be, you know, have a performance like that again. And there are going to be a lot of points scored, but I think they're going to be mostly through the air. So um, and, and I don't know. I, th- I think that's that's hot. So I, I'm going to go Ghost Pepper. What do you think,
1: Will? Yeah, I'm on board with that. But we, we get our own?
0: Yeah, we, we yeah. So ghost I'll, I'll go
1: milk. <laughs> All no, right. I'm, I, I'm on board with Ghost Pepper. I thought we, this could, this, Changing things up at the last second has confused me <laughs> sorry
0: all right so we, we've only got a couple minutes left so we'll bring us home with a great hot bold spicy take
1: all right Fitzmagic magic is a top five qb in four points for passing touchdowns
0: what this okay. week okay that's that's carolina reaper into discussion <laughs> what do you think trey
2: yeah i, I agree i mean facing facing philadelphia even though it's at home i i think that that's a I think that's worth the Carolina Reaper. I mean, he is the QB one currently, though. So, I mean, it's uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give, I'll give him that though. All
1: I'm right. just, I'm just buying into his full YOLO lifestyle, and and give me the chances that he can do it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Can,
2: can I tell you guys just real quick? I mean, you know, Christian McCaffrey. In games without Greg Olson last year, averaged like four or five PPR fantasy points more than he did games with Greg Olson. Right. On, on top of that, he's facing an Atlanta defense that just lost their best coverage oh, yeah. linebacker, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and one of their starting safeties. So it's I mean, unbelievable. I, the, the Atlanta offense, defense. I mean, I, yeah, that's huge loss.
2: CMC, CMC. I mean, I'm I'm hammering CMC in DFS this
0: week. No, I love it. And, and both guys should have good weeks. I just, you know, both top five. That's why that's, that's super. Yeah, that's so.
2: oh, I, th- I thought it was bold.
0: Yeah. I think so, it's happening though. So this was a, you know, we're trying to get tight shows during, during the week for the regular season, you know, 40 minutes or less. So, so thanks for joining us. We're the fancy Joe's. We're at FF Joe's on Twitter. Um, check us out. You can find all our Twitter handles in the show notes. And th- thanks for joining us once again. Uh, listen again next week, subscribe, Check us out on Patreon. If you're a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash fantasyjoes, you get a special show each week on top of this. So check it out. And uh, thanks for listening again to the Fantasy Joes. We're the Fantasy Joes. We're out.